Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. November 8th, 2018, uh, coming to you on a Thursday here. It's your host, Frank Arone, as always. Uh, day late here this week. I was out of town for for business up north. Up in northern Minnesota, where it's, I mean, it's cold here, but a little colder up there. But anyway, I'm back home now, and uh, Thursday night game just started up. So a little late on that one, but we got the rest of them coming up here. So let's uh, bring on the second member of the pod and... Head uh, upstairs. How you doing up there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. Like you said, we're a little late here, but uh, yeah, we'll get it in. Uh, probably just briefly slide over that Thursday night game and move on with the rest of them. But yeah, all in all, not too bad. Uh, how how you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, pretty good. Been uh, been a busy busy week of work and had uh, the elections on Tuesday there, so I was following that pretty intently. And that was weren't you outside uh, volunteering for a booth up there up north? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As I was traveling around getting people registered. No, but uh, that was pretty pretty entertaining to watch all those results come in and you know, see all the instant analysis there. It's on in a lot of ways kinda like uh, you know, the immediate reactions with sports talk radio or like it was crazy watching the odds. Did you did you follow that at all or no with the, the live odds on the different stuff? No, I did not. It felt pretty good actually, not to had no idea, didn't vote, didn't do anything with politics. Felt uh, pretty uh pretty nice. Oh, way to be an engaged member of society. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, you know, like obviously back with the, uh, the 16 election when Hillary was like a huge, huge favorite over Trump. Uh, this time, this like 538 projections and all those, they were uh, basically they started the night with the uh, Democrats having like a you know, 70 some percent chance to win the House. And then like right away, they went up to like a 90 some percent chance. And then all of a sudden, like, 20 minutes later, it was down to basically even money, and then they were a slight underdog. And then all of a sudden, like an hour later, they were like minus 20,000 or something ridiculous. It's just crazy. Um, obviously, it doesn't happen too often, but it would be interesting if you came up with some kind of thing, almost like almost like baseball games where the, the live odds just changed so drastically. There's like that on steroids, basically. So it'd be kind of interesting to just almost bet, you know, underdogs because <laughs> all the betting lines are, I was reading one article, they were just moving off of exit polls. But those can, you know, vary quite a bit from place to place, and you know, that aren't always necessarily accurate either. So that'd be kind of something interesting to pay attention to for the uh, next election. Absolutely. But anyway, let's uh, get to football here. Uh, let's start it off with a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So week nine is in the books for the double digits here. Uh, how did week nine treat you? Boy, this uh, this year just cruising by for me. I don't know about you, Frank, but. Uh... It feels like football just started a few weeks ago, and we're already uh, over halfway, halfway pole, so it's pretty crazy. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. Another another solid week for me. Another profitable week uh, on the release plays. I really liked. I think I said it on the podcast. I really liked that Atlanta and the, and the over. I uh, felt that was a little light on on both of them there, and I released a unit and a half plays on both those. And uh, that over was a little bit more tricky. It got it did get there. Um, I did cover, but uh, that was a little bit t- a little bit tougher and a little bit luckier, I'd say. But I I feel like uh, pretty strong with that thing. I guess if anything. I like the Atlanta side, and I figured that with their poor defense, one of the worst defenses in the league, that Washington would be able to put up something, but uh, they really put up uh, not much of a fight at all, so it's almost like that Atlanta handicap was almost too good for my over, but end of the day, both of them got there, and then the other two plays, uh, I had Buffalo, which was a never-in-doubt loser, uh, not the best play, it's just one of those deals I thought there was some value there, but Chicago blew, blew the doors off them, and some turn, some costly turnovers, uh, the stats weren't that great for Chicago, but uh, Buffalo, uh, yeah, wasn't really in the game, and just shows you how they're the worst team in the league, I'd say, and then my last play of the week there was uh, the Jets getting three, and <laughs> I don't know, I, I lost there by a touchdown, but felt like I had the right side, and the, uh, the stats, if you look at the Miami stats, you'd say there's no way they won that and covered, but uh, they did, so. Anyway, not uh, a little bit unlucky, I'd say, in that game. But all in all, I think uh, evened out. And that's yeah, still a profitable week for me. How about, uh, how about yourself? Um, Yeah, I mean, not not, not great. I had started off with the at Oakland. I got, I think I locked in the money liner I did at plus 120 for a unit and a half there earlier in the day before Beathard was officially announced out. And then uh, all of a sudden it says Mullins is going to be the starter. And then the market went crazy. And. I don't remember, do you remember what Oakland closed in that game? Were they like two or two and a half point favorites? Or something. They're, I don't know. They definitely, the money just came flowing in on Oakland. And uh, then that just kind of scared me because everybody and their brother was rushing to the window to bet Oakland because of the, which I, you know, kind of predicted and just kind of that thought process. And uh, the fact that I got ahead of that line by quite a bit was, uh, you know, every time you're getting a two and a half point favorite and you're getting plus 120 to win the game. That's not a bad bet, but I, I took a little bit back personally on San Francisco, so it didn't kill me a ton myself, but uh, it kind of sucks to, to lose a unit and a half like that from a release play perspective. Then uh, my play of the week, Tampa, they kind of had a chance to come back, but never really made it happen. And then uh, Green Bay was kind of the same. They were, they were in it for a while, and they just didn't really have a chance. And you get, get it done late, and then uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee were both fairly easy right-side winners, so not a great week for me. Uh, overall, you're definitely crushing me this year, so need to make that, uh, need to change that here coming up. But yeah, uh, We should I both just uh, keep it going and get uh, get back in the positive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right, and that sounds good to me. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's a little week nine recap. Uh, now let's go and do a little getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. So, I think you said there's only one game this week where the number came into play. Which game was that? Yep, just had one. Another one. Uh, this one a little bit more nitpicky as opposed to a good example we've had the last few weeks. But uh, just that Monday night game, Tennessee-Dallas, that total uh, offshore and quite a few shops in Vegas as well open. I saw some 42, 42s and a half uh, towards the start uh, of the week. And uh, closed at 40, I think, across the board was a consensus. But, yeah, 42, a few 42 and a halfs out there. And uh, the total landed right on 42, 28-14 final in that Tennessee-Dallas game. So, bet that one early. Again, a little bit more nitpicky. Wasn't, I don't, don't want to say it's widely available. I think with our numbers, the ones I use uh, from Westgate, I think it, I think the Westgate opened 41 and a half, I believe, if I remember right. But 
anyway, uh, there was definitely offshore markets that had 42 uh, available for some time uh, on, on the opener on the total, but um, uh, a little bit tougher to find. So if you did, don't hit yourself too hard. But another example, if uh, you know, there's some some numbers out there, some shops you could have found uh, to to got a push or potentially a win on on that one if you had the under. Yeah, and that's another example. Sorry, the Obviously, we talk about getting the best of the number, but uh, that the way to do that or the best way to do that is obviously you can try to time the market and see which like kind of like I did with that Oakland game and kind of try to get ahead of it in terms of line movements. But the best way to do that is just to have a lot of outs as they say, or a lot of different sports books that you can bet at, you know, whether it be offshore sites or in Vegas. And when I was there, I had one whole page of my phone was just full of different apps from different casinos where you could make your mobile wagers. And it's, you know, takes, whatever two minutes if you're going to make a bet especially if it's any sizable amount to check your handful of offshore sites or check your mobile apps if you're in vegas or you know whatever it doesn't doesn't take that much time uh especially when you're talking about risking your hard-earned money and you know it's going to be a game that i know kind of like with you it's a little bit different when you're betting you know whatever 40 different college games a saturday it's a little bit more time consuming, but for your average person, if they're only putting a couple games a week, it's definitely worth the, the couple minutes to check it out. Well, not only a couple minutes, but you know, even at around sports here, I can get a little plug for the the software I built. But yeah, put in, put in the plays there, put in your books, and it'll automatically look them up, and uh, you can find the best number just with the click of the button. Put your plays in there, so you know, it makes it a lot easier just to find. Uh, yeah, even if you have more than one book, you know, one book is probably not necessarily worth it for looking up lines perspective, but still for tracking purposes, I'd still recommend it. But yeah, if you get a few books or yeah, a handful in Vegas, it's a lot easier to just plug in the play. And once you plug in the books, it'll, you know, whether it be William Hill, uh, you know, Gold Nugget, whatever, it'll pull it up and uh, from the line polar. And not only that, you can watch the lines as well. If you uh, Right now it's only Android, but you can have a line watcher on there to watch the lines all week. And every time they move, it'll update you. So something definitely take a look. Uh, definitely help, helps me. So nothing. Uh, it's right now it's free. So definitely take a look at that. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, let's jump into week 10, huh? Let's do it. Uh, Let's get into it. All right, so this we'll just go over this very quick, but the Pittsburgh game looks like right now Pittsburgh is a three and a half point favor, the total of fifty-one, and we're as we're recording this, it's just starting the second quarter, and they're up twenty-one-seven. But you want to give a quick just a little junior thing with the the opener and look ahead and any line movement? Yeah, well, I I ride I, I, three unit play for me Pittsburgh and the over here, so I, uh, I <laughs> yeah, parlayed them together. First you quarter got... over for a hundred <laughs> units, so I'm well into the. Yeah, well into the black, yeah. You're, yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes a little bit, uh, you know, he's got some ups and downs on the unit sides, but he felt pretty strongly about this one. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, yeah, here, uh, like I do every week, I'll get my power rating number, uh, the Westgate uh, Superbook there in Vegas. I'll give the opener, kind of give an idea of where this uh, where the market opened for each game and uh, where it's moved to now, and then I'll get the look headline, which was the betting number available the week before uh, the game was played, and then I'll also give the total opener at the Westgate. And, uh, like I said, all those will be the Westgate line, so. Yeah, let's get started here. Uh, Thursday, like I said, I don't really want, don't want to talk, talk a whole lot about it, but I'll just qu- briefly go over it. Uh, this going, my power rating, Pittsburgh 4.5, Westgate open, Pittsburgh 6.5, look headline 6.5, and, and the total here open 50. Um, yeah, briefly, I'll say uh, I would have leaned Pittsburgh, especially after some money came in Carolina here. Uh, lean Pittsburgh, it looks like, yeah, you released a play on Pittsburgh as well, so I guess you'll get into that a little bit more on the side. But total-wise, I know I told you right before the podcast started and the game started, I have a bet on the over here, over 50, uh, 50 and a half and 50. I think I got them at both numbers and I think it kind of number closed at about 51 was a consensus. And I like the over here quite a bit and looking to uh, look pretty good so far, but you know, it's the NFL, anything that happens, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Do you know, what was the reason behind the line movement that kind of crashed down there in Carolina? Or do you 
Did you hear or see anything about that? Where no, I, what the reason behind that was? I don't. You know, I don't think so. I, no, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think it had anything to do with injuries or weather or anything like you know the, the standard thing you'd see a big blind movement for. I think it all just was you know pretty much public perception that they thought it was too high and you know, got bet down. I think just kind of steady. It's from what I can see. I haven't heard anybody, even people I trust or respect or listen to. I haven't really heard anybody that I really think that uh, they're like all oh, like Carolina here. It was either Pittsburgh or the people didn't like the game. Much, uh, for what, that's what I heard from people that I respect this week. So I'm, yeah, I just heard a decent amount of public people just you know over on talk show radio and you know definitely not your sharper betters that were like oh wow you got Carolina six and two they're actually playing really good football and you're catching more than a field goal here and you're like it just seems like a great spot and there's just a little bit too much of that and I just think Carolina's been they've been playing good for the most part but they've been overrated I think for most of this year. And, uh, you know, I bet against them last week with Tampa and it didn't quite work out, but I came right back here on a short week and that's, that's been another kind of underreported, uh, thing or, you know, phenomenon or whatever this year is the home team on Thursdays have been cruising for the most part. And, uh, you know, anytime you have a halfway decent team at home on a Thursday, I think it's just a huge advantage. So I thought the spot was decent for the Steelers and I think the ce- their ceiling's a lot better. And like we talked about before, you're saying, you know, that, just haven't looked like spectacular or been a little sloppy, which they have been. And uh, like, that's always betting them as there's a few teams like that where they just might be super sloppy and just not have it that day. And you're pretty much screwed to cover any kind of number like this range or higher. So I was just kind of hoping that that wasn't the case. And so far it's all good, but uh, yeah, leave it, leave it at that. And hopefully the, the game continues on this trend. So now to the Sunday games, looks like we got eight, early games again and then three afternoon games which is you know whatever it'd be nice to have another afternoon game but it's nice to have those eight early games again because we've only had seven the last couple weeks and kind of sucks to try to figure out what to put on that eighth tv when you only got seven games to go with uh the first one is a pretty pretty attractive matchup here we got an afc east battle between buffalo and the jets (laughs) can't can't argue that i can't wait for this game that's what i've been waiting (laughs) for all season frank yeah, that's what they uh, they talk on. They got Sam Darnold out, or as Mayo calls him, the uh, Sam Chez against. Uh, do you know if Josh Allen's gonna be back for Buffalo or not? I got uh, my screen here. I'm flashing. Uh, they don't know either quarterback. <laughs> Both of them are undecided. Okay, I'm pretty sure Darnold's out, so it's gonna be um, it's gonna be what's your name? McCown's gonna be in for the Jets. I'm like 99% sure, but. Uh, the Buffalo one, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so anyway, it looks like the Jets are seven-point favorites at home. Some extra juice to Buffalo and a total of 36.5. Another low total, huh? Yeah, this uh, might be the lowest total. I think pretty sure it is the lowest total we've seen all year. Um, uh, by a good point, I'd say almost. Uh, so yeah, pretty low total. Uh, my power rating here, again, it's kind of hard when you're, <laughs> you don't know the quarterbacks, but shouldn't be a huge difference, I wouldn't think. Uh, power rating here, Jets 8.5. Westgate open, Jets minus eight. Look at line, Jets seven. Total here, uh, like you said, pretty low and open here at 37. Actually took some money down, which, uh, you yeah, know, start there. I kind of agree with the, the money. It's a low total, but it's low for a reason. And, I mean, 36 and a half, I just, I, don't, I can't bet it at this point. But, yeah, 37, I kind of leaned under, but now it's kind of, I don't even have a lean. It's a stay away for me. But I don't disagree with the move, even lower than what it opened at. I think it's it's warranted, and uh, it uh, it's hard to imagine where the points are going to come from. I was... Like I said, on Buffalo last week and the Jets, actually. And both those offenses were about as anemic as you could expect. I mean, they're just awful. Um, There's just pitiful quarterback play. I mean, all around, it wasn't good. 
And I don't know what would change. And both these defenses are actually, you know, Buffalo's, I don't know if I want to call them a top five because they get kind of gassed with their poor offense. But, I mean, if they had a halfway decent offensive unit, they'd definitely be a top five defense, in my opinion. And I think you've still got to consider them a top ten for sure. And then the Jets, I think, are right in the same neighborhood. So, yeah, I mean, I like the under. I think the under makes sense, uh, if anything, here. And then uh, the sidewise, I, I'm i not going to play the game. I'll just say that right now. But, I mean, it's either, again, Buffalo and points or, or pass with me. I'm not going to – I don't know how anybody in their right mind can lay seven here with the Jets. So. Uh, that's, uh, that's about all I need to talk about in this game. I think uh, there's uh, better uh, wagering opportunities this week for myself. Yeah, it's interesting. We're just about polar opposites in this game. Um, interesting. Yeah, I I actually would have leaned towards Buffalo and the under with Darnold in there, but I think McCown, I mean, he hasn't been like incredible by any means. He's definitely kind of a journeyman, but he's been pretty capable for the most part uh, over the last couple of years like those Jets teams with them was it last year they definitely weren't the best team in the league by any means but they they weren't the worst either and he was he was kind of almost like Brian Fitzpatrick a little bit where he'd push it downfield occasionally or you know free, fairly frequently and it was successful some and when it wasn't successful it could be a disaster but either way it kind of resulted in points and I hear what you're saying the, the Bills defense has been a really solid unit uh, despite how woeful the offense has been but it, and then this might be a little bit of just you know trend data mining, which I can't stand when people say you know the last six games before Halloween on an even numbered year when the quarterback's number is less than ten, you know this stat is just absolutely ridiculous to work backwards like that and try to like take any actual future use out of something like that. But the last three Jets home games, the totals in the game scoring wise have been. Like the actual points scored have been 54, 76, and 50. So I don't know if the Jets are. They have, they have been the last two home games, they've put up 19 total and 34 total. So maybe that's just based on their opponents, and now they're getting a lower scoring foe. So it's like the styles in that game are going to keep a lower scoring. But I think just the last two weeks have kind of, um, I don't know, put a, a kind of a sour taste uh, in terms of the amount of points and the type of team that the Jets are. And as far as the Bills go, uh, they've they've obviously been extremely poor on offense, but they're despite their defense being good, like they gave up 41 to the Bears last week and then 25 to the Pats, which are kind of sleepwalking through that Monday night game, and then 37 to the Colts the week before that. So despite their offense being as poor as you could possibly get, I think they're averaging like 10 or 11 points a game here this year, which is just incredibly horrendous. Even despite that, their defense is still giving up a fair amount of points. So, I don't know. I think this total is actually fairly reachable, <laughs> which sounds kind of ridiculous to say. And I think uh, McCown, if anything, is an upgrade. So, I'd, I actually tend to lean to the over. And the, believe it or not, if especially if it, the seven goes away and the, the money kind of keeps coming towards the bills, I don't know. I think there have been such a train wreck that if you have Derek Anderson in there again versus McCown, uh, I think that's a pretty big mismatch. And I actually kind of like the Jets, who I think are more talented just about across the board on offense. And I think would have a quite a better quarterback. So it might be your uh, biggest, you might, might be your biggest and boldest take so far this season, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, well, it might be, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> that one game sample size, but oh uh, yeah, like I said, definitely won't be going crazy and, Max bet in the house on the, the Jets. I was gonna say if games, I get uh, if I get a little notice coming in when I come home the other next uh, next week and you bet the house on this, uh, be, won't be too happy. <laughs> we got to move out because McCown's arm couldn't get her done. 
All right, uh, the next game is Atlanta heading to Cleveland. Looks like there's been some Atlanta money here. Atlanta's laying five and a half, six on the road with a total of 50 and a half. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, Atlanta three. Westgate open Atlanta three. Look at line here, Atlanta two and a half, and the total here open 51. And yeah, like you said, it's been constant Atlanta money. Shocker, huh? Yeah. Um, that's kind of stupid on my part, actually. Uh, one of my, one of my, uh, put bets in or whatever i put a bet in early on cleveland at four and a half and i do it because usually when put bets in the lines move you know almost immediately but in this 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 case when it's not a total and it's a side i should have known better to kind of wait it out and uh, a few hours later the line kept moving up even against the money so i'm kind of kicking myself a little bit uh it is kind of crazy though because usually there's been sharp support for cleveland for like three years straight here and this seems like a spot where the sharp money would kind of balance out and that you know the public usually doesn't get involved till Sunday, so it is. I am kind of surprised. It's, I could see it moving up later in the week, but the fact it's moving up already is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I'm surprised it is too. So I mean, that's why. Yeah, I'm, obviously it's pretty easy to say so after the fact, and that's why I'm not too mad about it. But yeah, I, I should have known just to wait until you know it, it's not going to move too much, and you're going to get the public money in either way. But um, you you can almost for sure bet there's going to be some sharp buyback here on, on the, the Browns, just a matter of when and, and how much. Uh, but I don't. Yeah, I would. It could creep a little bit higher. But I mean, to, I mean, there's no way to bet Atlanta. I've, I was kind of in. I think Atlanta's kind of been undervalued almost not all season, but for sure the last few weeks. And I, like I said, loved them last week. Uh, one of my strongest plays from a side perspective uh, last week. And like I said, had a, a big play on them and the over, and basically both going towards that their offense be able to get in tune and get in sync after the bye and maybe you know get healthy and stuff. And that definitely happened. They came out uh, game plan and won that game pretty handily against Washington, but. Now you're talking about a whole different spot here. Getting uh, instead of getting points on the road, now you're laying a, a big number, <laughs> almost close to a touchdown here. Yeah, I get it. It is in Cleveland. That's the one thing that's you know keeping me away from it. And uh, I don't know. I just don't like the coaching staff. All that stuff. It kind of sounds like a broken record. Even though they did fire their head coach, fire their offensive coordinator, uh, doesn't really seem like it changed anything. I mean, they need a whole you know coaching staff makeover there, in my opinion. And uh, they they don't really have it uh, with what's his uh, what's his name Max what's his uh, the Greg Williams Greg Williams yeah with two Max G's Williams. yeah yeah. Greg with two G's, yeah. Um, anyway, so still don't love the coaching step. I mean, all in all, it's just still just value, and there's you know there's only only way you're going to get value here is on Cleveland. But I mean, we've been saying that now for the last uh, how many years now? So uh, it's Cleveland or pass for me. But uh, yeah, I'll probably have a bet on it. I, I should say I already do have a bet on it. But I'll probably bet it myself, just uh, from my own perspective, my own uh, handicap perspective. Just a matter of when I'll jump on it. But I'll a small bet, if nothing else, uh, before the end of the week. Yeah, I don't know. I'd... <sighs> I, I got burned so many times. I don't know if it was last year or the year before with Cleveland. And I think they're probably, like, it is interesting now with, with Jackson being gone. What did they play? Was it last week with their first game without him? Yeah. So, and they, whatever, lost by 16 to the Chiefs. And yeah, they almost got the, the back door there. So it would have been interesting if it would have changed anybody's perspective if they would have covered there with the back door at the end. But. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, like, this, obviously it's, somewhat of a similar spot where they're home dogs pretty significant home dogs but i think this game feels a little bit more competitive than last week so uh, i guess it'll be interesting to see in a game where they actually have a puncher's chance if they uh come out inspired for greg williams or you're you know trying to hurt people or <laughs> whatever actually listening to his message uh versus kind of just mailing it in if because like we said it's hard to tell how a player's coach like Hugh Jackson, but someone who hasn't had much success, how the players react to them being fired and 
Uh, I have no interest really in laying Atlanta here on the road because they're a team I definitely don't trust. And even though I, I agree with you, they have been undervalued. This is just not a spot where I feel comfortable betting Matt Ryan or anything about Atlanta really. So, but that being said, I just don't really trust Cleveland yet. And maybe they're a team that I could kind of get behind later in the year if they show me signs of of fighting hard and and maybe they have the coaching staff doing a little bit better job. But I'm not quite there yet, so I will leave this one alone. Uh, the next game is New Orleans heading to Cincinnati. Looks like AJ Green is out here for Cincinnati for at least a couple weeks. Looks like the New Orleans is a four and a half, five, five and a half. Looks like it's kind of all over the place here. Road favor, the total of 40, 54. Yeah, and say so it's got a forty total out there. I'll bet that for you. Um, <laughs> you max bet it till it gets to fifty something. Yeah, um, yeah. This game here, my power rating: New Orleans three and a half. Westgate open. New Orleans four and a half. Look head line. New or- look head line. New Orleans minus four and a half. And the total here open fifty four and a half. Um, yeah, I mean this one's pretty easy for me. It's it's uh, Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati quite a bit. That you're going to get New Orleans, you're getting you know, all the love for them now. They went and beat beat the quote-unquote best team in the NFL, which, yeah, they're a good team. It was a good win. I'm not taking anything away from them. They kind of had control of that game the whole time. They had a fumble turnover there uh, against the Rams last week. That was, they ended up stopping them, and they tried to fake a field goal and go for it on fourth down and ended up just missing it when the kicker for the Rams tried to reach his hand out there. So, I mean, that was good. And So, a couple things went, you know, the, my point is a couple things went there against them they still are able to win and, and cover pretty handily so good for them kind of broke my teaser up my rams teaser that i had that i like quite a bit uh, up to seven and a half and they lost by uh, the, the saints won by 10 and rams lost by 10 but um anyway i think yeah they won won that so i'm not gonna take anything away from them but at the same time you have Cincy coming off a bye uh coming home here and uh you know the new orleans now is getting <laughs> i mean there's for sure no value on new orleans that's for sure i mean it uh you're, you're not going to get any value at all so it's uh like i said look at line uh, two and a half. Now you can see a big adjustment through three. That's just uh, you know, too much for me, too rich for my blood. So I'm uh, I'm gonna lock in here at Cincy plus six. I do like it at plus six, but even if uh, you can't find a six, it's uh, five, five and a half, and then once you get below six, it's kind of a, you know dead numbers until you get down to three, uh, for the most part. So um, yeah, anything you can get uh, plus five, five and a half. I do like the Cincy side here. The other thing to note too is just New Orleans. How many? Just just the schedule they played. I mean, they played Minnesota on, on the road, and then. Uh, Last four Minnesota Rams. Yeah, exactly. And those are just, you know, you talk about top quality teams in the league. Uh, you got to be a little bit gassed here. I mean, uh, and then maybe settle down a little bit here against Cincinnati. But like I said, I think Cincinnati's a capable team. And they got quite a bit of love at the start of the year. Started off hot. Then they kind of been a little bit at the bottom of their, you know, the their, what do you, whatever you want to call it, their the peak. And then that's why I think the, you know, like basically the buy sign, I think it's on Cincy. So. Yeah, that's about all for me. I think total's about right. Uh, it seems a little high, maybe a tad high to me, but uh, if anything, I'd lean under. But yeah, I definitely like the Cincy side, uh, uh, plus six or five and a half, five. Yeah, uh, I, I, one thing uh, kind of a little nitpicky would be uh, four is somewhat of a key number, don't you think? I'd say that's somewhat valuable between three and six. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess it is. It's, it's uh, yeah, I suppose. Not the, yeah, not the most, but it's not nearly as dead as five. No, um, yeah, I, I guess yeah. My point five, five and a half. Yeah, four and a half, four and to, and half six up is, to six or, is pretty. Yeah, or four and a half through five and a half, whatever is pretty relevant. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, I totally agree, and like would I would absolutely love to just hammer Cincy here, but <laughs> I know I was the last time we saw him was against the Bucks when I had them and they were up whatever twenty something, and then they just absolutely collapsed and. 
Fitzmagic came and got through the back door. And I was thinking, like, we just said after the primetime game against the Chiefs where they didn't even show up and just got absolutely blown out. I'm like, okay, this is what Cincy does. They come back and they take care of good or, you know, bad teams when non-primetime games and look like I was right on the money with that. And then they just kind of stopped moving the ball at all and their defense just was horrendous. So now when you look back at the Bengals here, it's been the last, oh, I don't know, four weeks. You had that Bucks collapse where, yeah, they won the game. But I think that almost is a negative because they might be feeling better about themselves than they should have been going into the bye coming off a win. And then before that, the Chiefs, they were not competitive. The Steelers before that, I had a play on Cincy, and I think you had a play on Pittsburgh. And that was just, even though they only lost by seven, I think that was, and it was late, I think it was still pretty much a wrong side on Cincy there for me. And the week before that, they played the Dolphins when you had them, and they had the two fumble sixes to get a super lucky cover, let alone, you know, win the game, let alone cover there. So, and then, then they lose A.J. Green now on top of it. And just, oh, yeah, I don't right. know. AJ Green, that's a, that's a, that's a big key uh, key factor as well, and something to keep note of. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Where like once uh, Eifert went down, not that he's ever been like a game changer. He's going to move the line or anything, but I think he definitely added somewhat of a safety blanket for the Andy Dalton type quarterback. And then they've just kind of looked pretty unimpressive and unaspiring in the last four games. But like I said, I wish if they would have gone into the bye like after that Chiefs blowout in prime time. They would have been, you know, usually that's a good spot, but then they go into the bye, you know, feeling very motivated to prove that they're not that bad. But the fact that they held on and won the game against the Bucks last week or two weeks ago, I feel like that might not make them quite as motivated to work as hard and, and come out looking as strong. So that's, I think, a little bit unfortunate, especially since they didn't cover for me that week anyway. But I, and then now with Eifert being out and now EJ Green being out. I, th- I think Mixon's playing again, so he's a, a good playmaker. And then they got you know Boyd, who's okay, and I think John Ross is you know okay. But I think they definitely lose two of Dalton's favorite targets slash safety blankets for any kind of really explosiveness in that offense. So that does worry me quite a bit in a situation where if they do happen to get down against New Orleans, I just don't feel nearly as confident they'll be able to come back. And they've just been very unimpressive to me. So I said, everything sets up where I'd love to just absolutely jam Cincy. And maybe it's just sour grapes for me losing that bet against the Bucks a couple weeks ago. But I just, it's been, a, been like a month, month and a half now here where I just really haven't been in love with the Cincy team after I liked them a lot early and thought they were pretty under the radar. I've kind of, kind of changed tune on here. And um, that's the only way I could look, obviously, as a side perspective. But I actually... You mentioned you liked it a little bit. I actually like the under quite a bit, uh, even though since he's, in my opinion, has been more of an over team for most of the year uh, for the reasons I mentioned with, you know, obviously it's kind of, it's kind of obvious all their top receivers out and one of their only huge offensive playmakers bet the under, but they were kind of somewhat of a dink and dunk team before that. And I, it's hard to imagine they'll be that effective now And New Orleans as a team, especially on the road outside where they'll, they're effective offensively, but not nearly as much as they are at the Dome. And like you said, with their schedule, that's a few pretty high-profile, tough games in a row. So I could absolutely see them kind of being a little sluggish here, uh, you know, going back on the road now. And, uh, you know, and, and, and they now with Ingram back in there, like we've said before, they kind of, they're more of a ball control team than 
a lot of people think or give them credit for when you just think of Drew Brees and the Saints and Sean Payton. So I think they might take the air out of the ball a little bit here and just try to do enough to win the game. And I don't think since he's going to be overly effectively offensively. So they're giving you a total of 54. Like these are both pretty high scoring teams. And I just don't think that's really the case. So I actually like the under here quite a bit along with leaning Cincy, but I don't think I'd actually bet that. Next game is Washington heading to Tampa. Looks like Tampa's a three-point favorite with some juice towards Washington and a total of 51. Uh, yeah, my power in here, Tampa 2. Westgate open, Tampa minus <laughs> Great 1. Great defense. That's right. <laughs> uh, Westgate open, Tampa minus 1. And uh, look at line here as a pick em. Um, Yeah, that's one for me. I uh, no opinion really on the total myself. I mean, it's just kind of hard to that Tampa Bay – uh, that defense is just pitiful. Got a new defensive coordinator, still really, really hasn't helped a whole lot. And um, I mean, it's hard, it's really hard to bet unders here with Tampa. But at the same time, um, you're getting a little bit of uh, clearly getting an inflation here after Washington last week. I mean, they had a pretty low total, like I said, against Atlanta with a good offense and terrible defense. And that's why I liked the over a lot. And that one they kind of paid for, like I said, got there in a little bit of lucky fashion, but still you know, final 52 with points. So um, I think you're getting kind of an adjustment here partially because of the Tampa Bay defense and their high-scoring offense. But uh, I think Washington is it's kind of a type of team. That's why I like the Atlanta last week, too, with Washington. is they're, They want to slow the ball, slow the pace down, and they want to go, you know, run the ball, AP, slow it down, and, and, and run the clock. And be they're a team that likes to have the lead and be good with the lead. So then that's a problem, though. It's like last week if they get a team like Atlanta, which Tampa Bay is really similar to Atlanta, uh, almost identical, actually. I'd say, uh, you know, quarterback uh, – Give Matt Ryan's obviously, I'd say, a little bit better than Fitzpatrick, but still they throw the ball around and can put up uh, points in bunches. So I think Washington's going to be in trouble here in this game. So Not um, the poor man's version, but the slightly lower middle-class version. Yeah, exactly, Atlanta. exactly. So um, you're, getting a little, you're not really getting a whole lot of value here, I would say. I mean, yeah, clearly a pretty big adjustment, but I've kind of been lower on this Washington team. I think the markets are finally catching up with me here. I think I, I think I kind of poked my hole in the, that Washington team last week and made a little bit of hay uh, from last week's game with Atlanta, so I don't know if I'll be able to get to the window here on Tampa Bay or not, but I really can't bet Washington right now in this uh, in this point spread range. So yeah, for me, Tampa Bay or pass. Yeah, it's funny because there's definitely still opportunity there to, to take Atlanta last week and bet against Washington like he did, and I know I mentioned that side too, but it's just, it's just funny how last week you had the you know 5-2 and two NFC East leading Redskins playing the Atlanta squad that what I don't remember what their uh, was their record going into that game well now they're so they were three and four at the time so you had a team that's five and two leading their division and they're going up against a sub 500 team at home and they weren't even given a full field goal this far into the season i thought that was like you know obviously i I said like i the fact the number's that low i think just kind of shows you that the markets aren't really buying the redskins and then of course they got blown out last week and now they're going to a tampa team that's rated pretty poorly and they're not even, uh, you know, they're they're big in the pretty much they're the full field goal or close to it with the juice uh, to to bet this Bucks team that's been somewhat of a disaster here for for a while. So it's it's kind of interesting how how sour the markets are on the Redskins. I definitely don't disagree. I think we've both been pretty anti Redskin here for a while. Uh, it'd just be nice to have a spot to to bet against it where you're. Getting, you know, it seems like a few years ago there would have been a couple weeks where Washington's laying six and a half to the Atlanta, the sub five hundred, or a, you know, a Colts team or something like that. And it's amazing how much sharper the the markets are nowadays than 
than they would have been back in the day. So, um, yeah, in this spot, I was, again, kind of like I said last week, I was kind of hoping to this would come pick or somewhere in that range, and I'd jump back on the Tampa bandwagon. And that's absolutely the still the side I'd lean because I think kind of like you mentioned uh, with how Washington's pretty similar to Atlanta, I mean, Tampa's pretty similar to Atlanta. I think you'll this. It seems like this game will kind of figure out how it's going to go pretty early on. Um, if Tampa jumps out to a lead, I just don't think Washington's capable of of coming back. And uh, I think that Tampa would be in a pretty good spot there. As conversely, if Washington jumps out to an early lead and you know has something, they, they have something to you know, break one play, or there's a you know, punt return touchdown or something like that happens, and all of a sudden Fitzpatrick's trying to rally him back. We've seen him do that, but we've also seen him, you know, make mistakes and, and get in trouble doing that. So I think if Washington gets a lead, they can start running the ball and leading their defense. I think that they'll be in pretty good shape. So I think the first, you know, quarter, quarter and a half of this game will be super telling to, to see how the rest of it goes. As you were talking about that Washington earlier, just like how they how they play, kind of reminds me a little bit of the Bortles Jaguars from more so from last year, I guess, but it, they're just two totally different teams. If they jump out to a lead earlier, if they fall behind early and, you know, maybe raise a little opportunity to bet some in game on them. Uh, so it's, I don't really have a, a huge opinion necessarily on this game, but I just thought that was kind of interesting that, uh, that definitely jumped out to me in terms of how to potentially approach them going forward. Next game, we have new England heading to Tennessee. Looks like the Pats are six and a half point road favorites, the total of forty six and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, New England minus four. Westgate open, New England six and a half. Look at line, New England six and a half, and the total here open forty eight and a half. Um, yeah, I t- Tennessee, I like Tennessee side here myself. Um uh, I, I really would have been curious to see if what the if the Tennessee didn't look so good on Monday night and just blow out Dallas because I'm so low on Dallas and uh, you know, it kind of hurts me for this week because I, I wanted to bet against Dallas this week and then potentially bet Tennessee this week. But um, that kind of, I mean, I'd be interested to see how high this would have gotten if it would have gotten, you know, seven and a half or something like that because it would just be, I think it would have got a little bit more value on it. But I um, still think it's worth, uh, worth a look with Tennessee here, six and a half, a uh, prevailing number. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see any reason uh, it doesn't get to seven. Um, I know somebody made a point of it. It's kind of interesting because the books got beat up last week. So I think I mentioned it here just for a better perspective. But the books got beat up last week. So you should see a lot of these favorites just um, getting bet, I would assume, just because you know, the betters have a lot of money. And uh, you think a lot of these favorites get bet up because it worked last week or these big favorites covered. You think a lot of them would uh, get, get bet here again. So you get a lot of value on the underdogs this week uh, you would look at. And you, you can kind of see that already coming into play here with you know, the Cincy. Cincy, Cleveland, uh, Tennessee, the just the games we talked about, you can already see that you're know, getting value on all those teams already, the underdogs. So, um, yeah, again, here it's Tennessee. I, I, don't, I don't love it as much as I would, just the simple fact it's uh, New England. I mean, they're a uh, point, point spread covery machine over the last 10 years, and that's the one thing that kind of shies me away from this game. But I feel like Tennessee here and New England, too, they've had some tough games here the last uh, few weeks as well. They're kind of in a similar spot to New Orleans, where they're kind of, you know, take a breather type of thing here. So I feel like they're just trying to get in and get out uh, in Tennessee, and I feel like they're going to give them a little bit of a fight here. So I think that's just a little bit too much to give. And on top of that, um, I think this total got bet down from the open. I don't know if there's – that's what's a little strange. Usually I can figure out why uh, why the lines move. And this one, I'm not really sure uh, why it's moved down. So I, I like to know that. I still haven't figured that out. But um, I still I, – I like the over quite a bit. So I, it went in my direction, but the – 
to get better value on the over. But the problem is, is when I don't know why it moved, it makes me a little bit nervous if there's something I'm missing. So uh, 46 and a half, I think, is a bargain on the over here. And this, this just seems like a really low total. Um, I don't really get it when you have a New England high-powered offense. And then, yeah, Tennessee, they're a little bit lower scoring, slower team. But like I said uh, a few games before, if uh, New England puts up points, you're going to force Tennessee and Mariota to, to put up offense. And either offense, when they're coming from behind, either going to score points or they're going to make mistakes and throw interceptions or you know turn the ball over, and that will lead to points for the other team. So I like Tennessee here, and I like the over. Yeah, um, I'm not nearly of in tune with the totals markets as you are, but I think it's – my guess would just be it's a play under on the Tennessee. Just figuring they're going to try to shorten the game and run the ball a ton and and just kind of take the take the air out of the ball against the Pats. I think cause what they think is probably their best way to win. Um, even though in today's day and age, you know, forty six and a half is definitely on the lower side compared to a lot of totals out there. So with the New England team, that's absolutely you know more of an over team. That is, uh, you know, a little bit surprising. I don't know. As far as the the side goes, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with you. They're both coming off primetime games. I just worry a little bit about if Tennessee coming off a short week, coming back home on a primetime win against a high-profile team like the Cowboys, you just kind of wonder if they're able to string games together like that. If uh, I think it's probably, I, mean, I think it's a good thing that they're going to come back home as, as opposed to going to New England on back-to-back road games and prime, or, you know, whatever off a primetime game. But I just, I, I like Rabel's aggressiveness as coach, and I think Mariota's not a total lost cause, even though he hasn't been lighting the world on fire. So I absolutely lean to the Tennessee side, but just the fact that you are betting against New England, like you said, there's been a covering machine here, here for a decade and a half. Uh, I, I like the Tennessee side, but. It's not one that I'm enamored with, and I probably won't quite get to the window with them. Uh, like like you mentioned, too, it would have been really interesting if Tennessee would have looked very lackluster against Dallas if you would have caught over a touchdown here. Then that would have been a spot coming off a loss like that, uh, getting over a touchdown. I would have absolutely loved Tennessee, but the way it played out here, I'd definitely lean that way, but I don't think I'll bet them. Yeah, and I think the one thing to keep note, too, that you kind of keep in mind, it's like, I, I think you would get better value on the team uh, in Tennessee. That is, if they would have lost that game, because yeah, they're not getting the spotlight and all that stuff. But the thing that you got to—I always kind of got to remember that when I say that—is okay. But then you got to also look at the motivation perspective from the Titans, because if they lose that game, their season's pretty much over. So this is kind of like their game. And that game on Monday was kind of a game, season-saving game. So it's uh, something too that you got to kind of, kind of, kind of got to keep note of that that uh, that's going to keep them motivated. And I think they're you know not going to be as big of a deal as it start at the start of the season or something like that. I agree with your point in general, but I don't know. Even if they fell to three and five, yeah, they would have been in rough shape. But the only team ahead of them in the division would have been Houston, and even the wild card. The there's not really like what Cincy's in the second wild card spot right now. So like, they wouldn't have been looking great. But I think the motivation would have been almost even higher for this game, knowing that at three and five they're still not dead and there's a must win. But I think I. Your overall point, I think, is well taken, and that's something absolutely to keep in mind uh, from basically here on out, is what kind of teams are are their motivation is. If you got a team that's whatever, you know, six and two and in pretty comfortable spot going into the playoffs versus a team that's right on the borderline, even though it's a little early, but you know, down the road, that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. Uh, next game is Jacksonville heading to Indianapolis. Looks like Indy is a three-point home favorite, a little juice towards Jacksonville in total of 46.5. 
Yeah, my power rating here, Indy minus two and a half. Westgate open, Indy three. Look at line, Indy one, and the total here open, 46 and a half. And yeah, you see the, the market's crashing on Jacksonville, that's for sure. Pretty crazy, this line. Uh, saying they're too similar to basically about equal teams. And yeah, what a what a difference between the start for start of the season power rating perspective. That's just uh, pretty crazy, even from not only the oh, start yeah, of the Jacksonville season. Jacksonville would have been favored here week one, and when did they or? Oh, definitely worst uh, pick. It'd have been anywhere more than three. It'd be it'd have been somewhere in the three and a half to six range. I'm guessing. Yeah. It would have been. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about because I mean, what, what was the game? Was it Kansas City? I mean, even not the start of the season, but a month, month and a half ago, they were playing Kansas City, and it was three. <laughs> so, yeah. um, in Kansas City, it's like yeah, it's uh, obviously Kansas City's proven to be good. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, just goes to show you how this uh, this team is basically just. Uh, on their way to the bottom, a race to the bottom for Jacksonville. So um, that's from a, this game perspective on this one one game. The handicap, I, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot on this. I mean, I just don't know if I can back Jacksonville right now. It's simple as that. I had to play against them uh, before the bye with Philadelphia. I liked them quite a bit, Philadelphia, when they were playing them um, overseas in, in, in London. And I liked that game quite a bit and it, you know got there. And covered for Philadelphia. And I uh, bet basically just a bet against Jacksonville. And... Uh, I don't know. Now you're kind of now you're paying for that price. It's kind of adjusted. The market's evaluated it, and like I said, just falling on this Jacksonville team. So I don't know. Um, but at the same time, you're really buying high on Indy here. So it's a, a deal. I just you know the value is going to be on Jacksonville, but I just don't know if I can get to there. And I don't. I really don't want any part of Jacksonville until they prove me that they can do something. And this Bortles has to look better. And never like Bortles, and he's looked about as pitiful as ever uh, this year. So. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know. If you force me to pick a, a team, I think I, I'd probably lean Indy just because I have to have more faith that they can do something. But I think if anything, there's got to be value on Jacksonville if uh, if you do like that side. Yeah, the Jags have just looked pitiful here for a month straight. The yeah, that Eagles game where they're fairly non-competitive, even though they only lost by six, and then the Texans the week before that. They lost 27 and were never really in that game. The Cowboys the week before that, they lost 47, just got absolutely blitzed. The Chiefs, they lost 30-14, were never in that game. You have to go all the way back to their home game against the Jets where they, they won and actually looked like a decent team. And I, honestly, that game feels like ages ago. So it's not all that surprising that the markets are absolutely reflecting that and they're pricing the Jags as basically what their record shows is more of a bottom feeder kind of stretch to maybe sneak into a wild card spot playoff team as opposed to uh you know the division leader AFC title contender that they're kind of priced coming into the year so it's pretty crazy but I think it's well warranted um if I trusted Indy more I think I would be on them but that being said I don't really totally trust them like we said there's kind of been a lack of playmakers even though I think Hilton and Mack are back so maybe they'll have a little bit better uh, attack there on offense Jacksonville I think it's just all kind of comes down to do you think are they ever going to punch back or are they just going to be done for the season you just you have to think they're going to punch back here at some point and I know I've made a little bit betting against them and you've made a little bit betting against them I just don't think this is necessarily the spot to to keep doing it but I also have very little faith that Bortles and and Jacksonville is going to get it figured out here either to to back them next game is a NFC North battle you got Detroit heading to Chicago. Chicago is a six and a half point home favorite with a total of forty four. Okay, um let's see. Uh screw me up here my number. All right, uh Chicago here, my power rating, Chicago minus six minus five and a half, sorry. What game were you going to? I just I Check. forgot they just yeah, skipped the flex, I didn't notice that from oh, last okay. time. No, um, no problem. 
Yeah, anyway, uh, it's this game, Detroit-Chicago. My power range, Chicago 5.5. Westgate open, Chicago 6. Look at line here, Chicago 3.5. And, and the total here, open 44.5. Um, yeah, another one here. I guess it's kind of a... Uh, I just got a string of them here about the same point spread range uh, so far. What I like on the podcast, but yeah, another one I like Detroit quite a bit here. Um, another one you're getting a lot of value on the Detroit side after that loss to Minnesota. Got kind of handled there. I know Minnesota had the most sacks, I think. Franchise history, 10 sacks against Detroit. Just kind of manhandled that offensive line and looked pretty good doing it. Um, Detroit was kind of never really in that game. Uh, for the most part, Minnesota kind of had full, full control of that game. And there's a, a time there uh, throughout in the middle of the game where you kind of could have maybe turned it around a little bit if you're Detroit, but Minnesota kind of stopped that. And yeah, so it's one game. And then Chicago obviously looked uh, about as good as they could against a, just a just a terrible Buffalo team. Like I said, the Buffalo bet I had last week. But um, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't see this line stopping at six and a half. That's the thing. I don't, I don't think you need to rush and go bet it right now. I don't see it coming down. I, I feel like you're going to get a seven before kickoff. So, um, uh, I'm, yeah, I like Detroit. Even if you do get a six and a half, I, I do like it six and a half, but I really like it at seven uh, if it does get there. So, uh, Detroit's the side I like here. I feel like, uh, just, just an overvalue. I mean, if you look at the line, um, you know, line last week when Detroit went to Minnesota it was what four and a half five or five five and a half I think is what it closed at and I give Minnesota a three and a half point uh field home home field advantage so I mean better home field than Chicago for sure and now you're saying that Chicago is a better team than than the Vikings from uh, last week so I just couldn't disagree with that more so I think this line just a little out of whack and I like to look at a line more than the three and a half four range as opposed to where it's sitting now so uh, yeah, definitely some line value on Detroit, and I think you might even get some more before kickoff. So Detroit's uh, the, the the side for me here, and I have a little bit of money on the under so far. Yeah, I think that's a solid take. My, I pretty much agree. My, The only thing that's giving me pause here is, is there any chance this Detroit team's just packing it up? Uh, they're, you know, they're only two games out of the division here, and they're behind Chicago, and then, you know, whatever the Vikes with that buy makes it a little bit trickier, but so they're definitely not out of the division by any means, but the fact that they've lost a couple in a row now, they, like you said, they weren't totally out of it by any means, but they definitely weren't super competitive last week either. And just the fact that they, against the CX a couple weeks ago, they were pretty non-competitive last week. They were never really in it. And then they trade away golden Tate throughout that stretch. It kind of almost just seems like, you know, we're giving up on the season. And like we've mentioned with Patricia at the beginning of the year, there's a lot of reports that the players weren't a fan of his and they were working him too hard and they just didn't really want to play for him that hard. And then they trade away Golden Tate, who had pretty, by all accounts I've heard, was a pretty well-liked guy in the locker room. So I know we mentioned that last week too. It's just the motivation concerns. If uh, Sometimes when you trade away or the star player is hurt or isn't playing, you get a really good effort from everybody else. But if front office or the coaches staff trades away a really well-liked player, it can sometimes be the opposite effect where the players kind of quit on them. And I think that's kind of what's been happening in Oakland here. <laughs> I think it's a good example of that. So I'd be a little worried that no matter how much value you're getting, if it's, you know, two or three points or the teams quit like Oakland, another example of that it just doesn't make a difference. I don't think Detroit's quite in that range. So I absolutely agree with your handicap and I will likely be on them, especially like you said, if I, I definitely think it's going to get to seven here. So at seven, I'll have a bet on Detroit. But if if it plays out where they get you know, blown out here, uh, I think that would definitely be some huge red flags going forward. Next game is Arizona at Kansas City. 
I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be my Soul Net Survivor pool. I think I'm going to have to lock in KC because I still haven't used them yet. Looks like Kansas City's a 16, 16 and a half point favorite with a total of 49 and a half. That's pretty bold there if you haven't used them yet. I know. Hot take, Frankie. <laughs> um, yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City 15, Westgate Open, Kansas City 17. Look at line here, Kansas City 14 and a half. And yeah, this is the biggest spread we've seen all season long, right in line with that Minnesota Buffalo game a few weeks ago. I think it's warranted. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how. Uh, I think the lines where it should be. I. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to lay this many points. That's. A, I mean, that's a. That's a sure thing. I don't. I don't care who it you is. Aren't? You're not. You're not going sixteen and a half. No, I don't know who could, but obviously, there's people out there because it's. Uh, it's getting bet, but. And it you're probably telling get... me for the pod, you're going to parlay them up and down the board. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing to keep in mind too, I mean, if uh, the, the bookmaker they'll move it uh, to get induce Arizona action, they might move it to uh, get up to seventeen, whatever, and that doesn't mean that people are betting the. The straight side on Kansas City 16, 16 and a half. That more, you know, it could mean that, but it could also mean that that Kansas City are in teasers, money line parlays, other things. They just have exposure on Kansas City and they want, uh, you know, some Arizona money. So that's something to keep in mind as well. But um, yeah, I I don't even know if I can get to the window here with this many points in Arizona. I mean, looking back, uh, it's going to be if you just blindly bet these 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 games with this high a point spread, you're probably going to make money long term. But I kind of missed out on the Buffalo train there against Minnesota, so you're kind of. Uh, on that short-term sample size, you're kind of batting from behind here, and I really don't have a whole lot of faith or a case to make Arizona, so if I just blindly bet them, I don't don't know if I can get there. So uh, Arizona are pass for me, but uh, almost for sure going to be staying away from this game. Yeah, it's weird because I wasn't on Buffalo against the Vikes in that game, so you know this is definitely 2020 hindsight. But it's funny because I think I like this Arizona team a little bit more than I like that Buffalo team, even though they had Josh Allen at the time. I think Rosen has a little bit more potential where I wouldn't be shocked if he had a good game against a pretty mediocre to below average Kansas City defense. And conversely, I think Kansas City is definitely more explosive than the Vikings were. But the case to blow somebody out, like I just don't know if their defense is necessarily capable of totally suffocating teams to cover this kind of point spread. So by that logic, I should be in on Arizona here, but... This is just a game where you definitely don't have to bet every game. We said that a bunch. That's one of the biggest advantages you have as a better is you don't have to bet a game. And I just don't – I think the only – like we said before a bunch too, it's either Arizona or pass. And I don't necessarily hate it. Like you could maybe talk me into Arizona, but I just don't feel like there's any need to, to press it here and force yourself into a play that you just don't really feel that good about. So for me, it's a fairly easy pass and just go on to the next game. But like I said, I will be using Kansas City in that survivor pool or – I think we're down to 160 people, and the last man standing gets 50-some thousand. So keep my fingers crossed there. I still got, it's funny the way it's worked out, I still got Kansas City and the Rams and the Pats and been saving a lot of the top-end teams, and now I'm trying to figure out when to use them before they might start pulling the starters <laughs> late in the season. So that'd be kind of, a, you know, whatever, a little gut punch to try to get a little too cute there potentially. Uh, So now we get to the afternoon games. Like I said, we got three of them. Uh, might as well start with the flex one first, huh? Do uh, Miami heading to Green Bay? Looks like Green Bay is a nine and a half point home favor. The total of forty-seven and a half. Yeah, my power in here: Green Bay minus eleven. Westgate open. Green Bay's eleven, uh, seven and a half. Uh, no look at line available, and the total here open forty-seven and a half. And we're kind of getting longer here, so I'll just keep this one short. I mean, uh, power rating says Green Bay. I'm not going to lay this many points, but I think uh, uh, you know Miami or pass. It seems like that's a lot of points to lay for Green Bay, but. I don't. Uh, I don't really have any opinion on this game. I don't. I feel like Green Bay is going to win, and I think it's about right. And I don't have any. Uh, I don't want to take Osweiler here on the road and hope that they can backcourt cover anything. So 
Yep, pass for me. Yeah, I agree. It's too bad it wasn't that seven and a half. Or you could just basically tease the pack up and down the board, even though I'm not a huge fan of them. I just think dude, Miami's just a total fraud. Yeah, I think the book, the books, and not that it's ever not been out on Osweiler, but I think now it's he's not sneaking up on anybody, and he's been poor here for a few weeks running. So I think, yeah, I absolutely agree that Green Bay is going to win the game. It's just at this, I don't think trust their defense enough to necessarily shut out the back door. Uh, so, if, but I don't really like teasing him down to three and a half either. So it's too bad he couldn't get that teaser down to through three, but so be it. Next game is the Chargers heading to Oakland. Chargers are 10 point road favorites with a total of 49 and a half, 50. Yeah, my power rating here, Chargers 11 and a half. Westgate open, <laughs> Chargers 10. And the look at line here, Chargers minus eight. Total here, 50 and a half was the opener. Side perspective, I have nothing. Um, like you said with Oakland, I mean, I don't really know how high you make this line because you just have no idea with Oakland's effort. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's almost like an NBA principle here where you're judging motivation and effort as much as you're judging like actual ability, which is a lot, I think a lot more difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to bet the game, I think you got to bet Oakland. It's just a matter of, do you really want to take that risk? You know, how much are they going to try? There's too many, too many factors and uh, variables for me to, to get to bet on the side. With that being said, I uh, do have a play here, pretty strong play actually on the over. Uh, like it quite a bit. <laughs> Is that, I thought you were going to come. With that being said, I actually uh, do have a huge play here on the Oakland. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I feel like here, I like I said, a big play on the over here. I like quite a bit. I'm probably going to release as a play as well. I've already bet it myself. One of my bigger plays of the week probably. It will be for sure. Um, it's kind of moved now a little bit to uh, 49, 49 and a half. Now it's sitting at 50 pretty much across the board. A few 50 and a halves, but. Still, like it, still think there's some value at 50 on the over. Like I said, it got bet down a little bit on opener, which, on the opener, which I was surprised at, and then uh, kind of got put back here this morning when we bet it. And uh, yeah, I I feel like this is a it's a team where you know, obviously the Chargers can put up points. Their defense you know looks looks somewhat decent. That's for sure. They were pretty good last year, and they're definitely a decent defense. But I feel like if Oakland, I think one principle I would take into consideration with Oakland is I feel like. Um, if anyone's going to quit or not try on the coach or whatever it's going to be on the season, it's going to be the defense over the offense, in my opinion. I think the offense is still going to be – they're still going to want to look respectable. That's you know, the offense is a lot more fun, if you will, <laughs> to play. It's a lot easier to play than defense. For defense, a lot more, I think, of a mind. You know, kind of grind it away, grind it away, grind away like a cornerback, uh, defensive end, whatever. So I feel like Oakland's yeah, still going to be able to put takes, up. I think that's a super good point. It also takes – a lot of people working together to make it happen. Like if one person blows coverage or one person, you know, overruns a gap, running gap, it can result in a huge play. Whereas an offense, it just takes, you know, Carr basically making a good throw to keep the offense going. But the defense takes basically 11 guys pretty much every play. Yeah, exactly. So um, with that being said, that's what, uh, you know, puts it into the over. And like I said, I think Chargers will be able to put up points. And I had the big play on the over, too, against when it's Oakland. Was that Indy? I think it was a few weeks ago. We both have the over there, and that was a pretty yep. never-in-doubt winner. And I feel like this is going to be a similar type of game and it's pretty much in the similar type of total. So I feel like you're getting you know, a capable quarterback to put up points and, and uh, with, with Rivers. And, and I think Carr, he's another type of quarterback. He's going to be trying and trying to make, put up points and try to keep up with them toe-to-toe, a divisional game. But then also, like I said uh, earlier here in a different game, He's uh, not not one of the best quarterbacks, but I feel like he's going to be throwing the ball up and down the yard, and either it's going to lead to points or lead to turnovers, which is going to get points to the other team. So, like I said, I feel like the over here is a pretty good play, and I like quite a bit on the over. Yeah, I I think you've made a pretty good case for it, and I I agree. 
the one thing that would scare me a little bit is I remember the, what was it, week, I don't know, week uh, five game? Uh, let me see here. It was when they, when they, the first matchup they had, what was it? It was week, yeah, week five. Um, I remember Oakland was going to the Chargers, and I think they were only getting like four and a half or something at the time. It was, I think it opened like six or six and a half, and then it got bet down. And I, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I released Oakland in that because I'm like, okay, Oakland's not a good team, but they'll at least be somewhat competitive and run the ball. And the Chargers are a team that we want to take points with, not lay points. But uh, obviously that didn't work out that week. And I remember just watching that. It was pretty aggravating. And they basically, basically Chargers scored a couple times early, and then they pretty much both just packed it in the second half. Like Obviously the total point score is only 36. and. It was just kind of a weird game, and I'm not saying that's likely to repeat by any means, but it definitely is a little worrisome that the Chargers might be in a spot where they're just kind of trying to get out of there again with the win, and Oakland might just be totally inept, uh, especially if the team quits on them. But I, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, and I definitely would lean towards the over. That would just be a, a slight hesitation, is sometimes, no matter how much it may set up for a certain thing, uh, Oakland might just care that little and be that ineffective offensively. And Carr's, even in the losses, he's been like, he's had like a 90% completion percentage because he just keeps throwing like super short check down. He passes that keep the clock going and doesn't result in a ton of points usually because they usually end up stalling out or turning the ball over at some point anyway. So hopefully it's this situation where the Chargers get up early and like you said, it forces Oakland to try to keep pace a little bit more. But even against like San Francisco last week when they were down, whatever, 24 in the first half, they were still running their super ball-controlled offense, and it was infuriating watching it as someone who had Oakland. So I don't know. It's hard to make, know what to make of of just that Oakland team in general in any game they're in, you know, regardless of side or total or anything. It's just kind of kind of confounding. So uh, I definitely agree with you, but I don't know if I'll necessarily be on it with you or not. And yeah, maybe something to note, too, not to should matter. Uh, probably won't matter because you saw how they came off the bye there last uh, last week, but they are coming off Thursday night football, so they do have a little bit of extra rest. But like I said, in this team, I don't think that really matters much at all with, uh, if they're going to give up. So Yeah. Uh, okay, the last afternoon game here, we got Seattle heading to the Rams. Looks like uh, the Rams are 9.5 point home favorites with a total of 15.5. Yeah, my power rating here is Seattle nine and or sorry, I got got it wrong. My power rating's uh, Rams uh, nine and a half. Um, Westgate Open Rams. I say nine you overadjusted for that loss to the Saints <laughs> last week, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, power rating. Yeah, Rams nine nine and a half opener. Rams nine and a half and the look at line. Rams eight and a half total here. Open fifty one and a half. Um, yeah, another one here. Keep it simple. I, not in love with the play, but I feel like uh, nine and a half, ten. If you can find that, it'd be uh, ten would be better, obviously. But even nine and a half, I think. Uh, I think the, the the Seahawks are the way to look. I feel like the Rams. They've had a kind of like I mentioned if, uh, with the Packers, or uh, sorry, with the with the Saints. Uh, it's a pretty tough schedule for the Rams. They've had a lot to do. Kind of another one where they could come come home and take a breather. I feel like a little bit of an over adjustment here potentially. I feel like yeah, getting this many points with Russell Wilson, pretty similar to that Rodgers a few weeks ago with against the Rams, uh, just a lot of points. I think this is another one, actually, the most points that Russell Wilson's ever gotten in an NFL game. So pretty much the same same storyline as the Packers. Uh, so hopefully it'll play out the same as the Packers did a few weeks ago. But, yeah, I feel like just a little bit too many points here uh, for the, the Seahawks to get and might have a pretty good effort here. I don't, I don't like them going on the road as much, but it is a divisional game. And coming off a loss, I feel like they'll be able to have a little bit of a bounce-back effort. So, yeah, Seahawks for me is uh, the way I'll look here. 
Yeah, it is kind of interesting. What did that Packers game end up closing? Did it end up closing like five and a half or six or was yeah, that... something like that? Yeah. So, are the Packers really markedly better than the Seattle? I think they're pretty similarly. Like, obviously, I like Rodgers a little bit better than Wilson, but I think overall they're fairly similar teams in terms of ability and whatnot. Uh, and then also, like you said, you throw in the divisional factor. These teams know each other very well, and it seems like they play close games. Even when the Rams weren't any good and Seattle was really good, they seem to play close games. And then since now it's kind of flipped, it still seems like they play pretty close games. Uh, you know, whatever, the Rams eking out a victory there by three in Seattle earlier. So I feel like you're getting about a field goal here or so of, of free points on Seattle. And yeah, the Rams, you expect them to bounce back off that loss to New Orleans. But at the same time, you know, does a bounce back mean they come back and win this game by 20 plus? Or does a bounce back come back and they just play a solid game and, and pull away with a victory? Uh, just, I don't know. I just The Rams have been good, obviously. They haven't lost here. But they've been, they haven't been like overly impressive the last couple of weeks. Like I said, just barely winning that game, which they very easily could have lost outright against the Packers. Uh, now they come back and in a spot here where, yeah, they'll get a decent effort, I think. But uh, I don't know. I feel like the markets are still super high on this Rams team, and I think probably a little bit too high. And I haven't been, I haven't been huge on this Seattle team for the most part. But even in a game last week, they pretty much got dominated. It seemed like for the most part against the Chargers, they still. I had a shot there late in the game to, to come back and potentially tie it up and then blew up Detroit a couple weeks ago. So I feel like Seattle's maybe flying a tad bit under the radar here, and the Rams are still a tad bit overvalued. So I like the the Seattle here in this spot. Yeah, real quick, I think you make a good point about the Rams. I mean, they yeah they came off a loss. They're Both both these teams are coming off a loss. I think it's something to note. But the Rams were undefeated. Now they have one loss. I feel like this would be a thing, uh, you know, I think uh, just the way the, the coaching staff and stuff with the Rams, they – almost look like they're just they, – they almost were coaching like an undefeated team, if that makes any sense. They're, you know, trying that, that fake uh, field goal to try instead of just taking the points, you know, the points after a turnover. They wanted to get more than that. They're kind of being cocky and just trying to, you know, think themselves almost and act too cute. So it's almost like that might be a game where, all right, we lost here. Now let's just get in here. Let's get the win in this divisional game and kind of play a little bit more conservative or slightly more conservative. I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but I won't be surprised at all if they played slightly more conservative and just made sure they took care of business and not be quite as risky as they – they normally are, so I think that's something to note too. Yeah, and when you get players like that that are ultra cocky and just the way they kind of conduct themselves, I think it's really effective when things are going good. But when when they're coming off a loss like this, you know, who's to say how they're going to react? I could see the front runners like they kind of seem to be kind of hanging in their heads here a little bit after the loss, and they're not undefeated anymore, and maybe kind of you know a little down on themselves potentially. They might not have is quite as much swagger, you know, that could just be totally fabricated, you know, just a made up story. But it, I also, like you said, I wouldn't totally be shocked if that were the case either. So when you factor that in with this line, I think there's value there on, on Seattle. All right. Sunday night game, uh, another NFC East matchup, Dallas back again in prime time. You got uh, Dallas heading to Philadelphia, the Eagles seven point home favorites, the total of 43. Yeah. Dallas, great TV. Um, power rating here, Philadelphia seven. Westgate open, Philadelphia six and a half. Look headline, Philly six. Total here open, 43 and a half. Uh, yeah, I kind of a little disappointed here. I, I I really wanted to bet Philadelphia. Like I said, I wanted to bet against Dallas. Uh, I, I think six, six and a half would be a pretty good bargain myself uh, on Philly. Uh, but now when you're sitting at seven across the board, even a little bit of extra juice on Philly, I just, it's, I just, I just can't do it. It's just too many points for me. And that touchdown, I think, is uh, it's just a... 
the difference uh, difference maker for myself. I don't know. So at, at this point, at some point, especially if it gets any higher, that'd be something where I just have to look at Dallas out of a value play. But yeah, like I said, I wanted to bet a Philly here, but the number just didn't uh, didn't come in where I wanted it to. Especially now at the podcast uh, when we're recording, it's uh, definitely not where I want it to be. So I, I, like I said, I think Philly's kind of finding their stride here. I think Wentz is getting he's healthy. He's he's finding a little bit of a rhythm. I've I've been back in Philadelphia here now in recent weeks, and I feel like they're kind of getting their mojo again and slightly undervalued in the marketplace. The problem in this game is I feel like the, the markets are kind of just devaluing Dallas so much now, which I obviously agree with here. I, I've never been a never been a fan of Jason Garrett. He's just been an awful coach, in my opinion, one of the worst in the league. His decision-making is terrible, and uh, you know, I think you're kind of seeing that now. The, the market just just devaluing this Dallas team, and uh, I'll be interested to see if they can have a bounce-back effort, but I feel like that was just a, a balloon-type game for Dallas, and they needed that one uh you know like blood and they, they didn't get it in, in almost embarrassing fashion uh didn't didn't really look too good either uh monday night so i feel like that that's going to put a little bit of a uh deflation in their sale a little bit for this season and i i won't be surprised if they're kind of just a dead team the rest of the season and i don't know if i'll be able to bet on them uh like i said this will be a pretty important game to see if they can come up and keep it close in the divisional game in prime time but if they uh, if they get blown out here it doesn't look too good i'm i'm gonna have a tough time betting on dallas the rest of the season i feel like it'll be a danger zone for them yeah, I think they're gonna. I think it's peak motivation time here for both these teams because they're you know the Redskins are whatever five and three and two games up on Cowboys and one game up on the Eagles. So neither of them are dead, but they also don't have a whole lot of wiggle room to play with. So I think you're gonna get max effort from both these teams. That being said, I just think Philly's a significantly better team, and yeah, it's too bad the markets have kind of fallen out of out of favor here with Dallas which I think is, you know, about time. I've thought that for a while. I know we both have. And the Eagles, I think, are kind of starting to catch up with more so. They're getting more credit from the team they were, like, last year and potentially could be versus what they were at the beginning of the year. So I don't know. I don't think I really want to lay seven with Philly, but I think it's pretty inviting to tease them down, get them down to whatever one. Uh, I think that's super inviting. So I could definitely see myself teasing them up with the, a few other teams here. That's kind of the way I would look in this one because I just obviously anything can happen, and I've been wrong plenty this year. But it's really hard for me to envision Dallas going in there and beating Philadelphia without a ton of super fluky things happening at in Philly on Sunday night. Philly off a bye when they need the game like that just seems like pretty pretty unlikely thing in my opinion. So uh, Monday night game, talk about a slobber knocker here. As the old, uh, whatever JR would say, or uh, whatever his name. Um, you got the Giants heading to San Francisco. It looks like the Giants are three point favors with some extra juice at home, a total of 44. Yeah, it's getting juicy. Um, <laughs> power in here, San Francisco two and a half. Westgate open, San Francisco two and a half, minus 120. Look headline here, San Francisco two, total open 43 and a half. Uh, another one, I'm just, I mean, this is, to me, this seems really similar to the, uh, what what was it the Atlanta Cleveland game? I just don't understand how. I mean, there's I I just I know there's no professional money on San Francisco, so why this why this money? I mean, it's getting bet up from two and a half to now. Now I'm seeing some threes with juice, and I'm even seeing some three and a halfs at some shops. So it's like where that money's coming from. I just don't I don't get it. Um, because I know the stats say that the Giants are a far superior team, and that's what a lot of these people are going to bet on if you're just a numbers guy, and if you just do the eye test or whatever. It's uh you know San Francisco. It's you're you're buying high. So, I mean, there's really nothing. What about the numbers with Mullins at quarterback, though? They got to be <laughs> yeah. off the charts. That one, that one size sample, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I really just it doesn't this is, doesn't make sense to me again. Why uh, just like why the Atlanta money came so early? Why the San Francisco? Unless it's just 
you know, the public are betting earlier. That's the only thing I can think of. But, I mean, I can see why the public's going to be all over San Francisco. But this is a line I expect to kind of sit at the two and a half, three range all week and then just get, uh, you know, get kind of steamed up on the weekend and then uh, maybe get some value Sunday night. But, so I'm, like I said, a little confused by that, that line move here on this game. So I'm, I really didn't want to bet it. <laughs> um, I really didn't. I, I really wanted to stay away and just not have any money on it. But, I mean, I mean, boy, you're talking about getting a hook here with the Giants on the road against a, 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 an undrafted uh, rookie quarterback who just started and looked about as good as he possibly can on, in prime time last. I mean, you're just talking about everything points in the right direction of the Giants. And then, granted, the, or, sorry, not only that, the Giants are coming off a bye as well. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything just points – Points right to the Giants side. I know I get it. You got Eli. You got a bad offensive line. But I mean, just look at the the playmakers on the Giants' offensive side as opposed to San Francisco. And um, I mean, yeah, you, you got to get a really good effort from San Francisco. But the other thing is, yeah, Mullins. He looked good. I watched that whole game, and yeah, it's impressive. But look who he's playing. Like I said, the, he's playing the Oakland uh, Oakland defense. I mean, some of those guys. I mean, I, I could like he was playing the Big Twelve. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could have made some of those throws from my, sitting down in my bed and late before I went to sleep. I mean, it was. You know, you know, can't take anything away from him. You know, his first start and all that stuff. But at the same time, the one touchdown he threw, and there's nobody. It's just a blown coverage, and nobody was in about 15 yards within the receiver. Uh, anyway, it's just yeah. I mean, I think now we'll see a big, uh, much bigger test here for him against a pretty capable Giants defense. It's just a matter of their effort and everything. So again, hopefully they can bring a pretty full effort here on prime time. But just a little shocked by this line, and uh, I don't, I don't want to bet the game like I said. But uh, if you give me three and a half with the Giants, I'll, I'll have to take that all day just out of value perspective. Yeah, I I agree. My two points of caution would be how bad the Giants' offensive lines looked, and the one thing San Francisco has been pretty consistently good at is getting getting somewhat of a pass rush and getting after the quarterback. I know that's how they stuck with San Diego there a few weeks back, and they've been pretty good at that for the most part. Uh, and then also just like you mentioned it, but just Eli, the fact you're back in Eli Manning, <laughs> there's he's yeah he, he can be capable at times, I guess, but for I think a vast majority of the time he just kind of looks lost and like the games. I, I was never even really a huge fan of him in his prime. Now it just looks like an old version of, of that quarterback, which isn't good. So I, I totally agree. Um, I might even end up jumping on the giants too, especially if you're getting, like you said, you're getting that hook. It just seems like a little bit of an overreaction from San Francisco last week, but yeah, the rest isn't a factor with them being on the mini buy coming off a Thursday game. When in fact the giants are coming off an actual buy, or the, the travel, I don't think, you know, the East Coast team playing late on the West Coast is not usually a great spot. I know that's kind of been a wonky spot there, but I think all that being said, I still just think the Giants are significantly more talented, and assuming Eli doesn't throw the game away for you, that's the side I would look for as well. So that'll do it. There's the Week 10 game-by-game game breakdown. Let's finish up the podcast and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. Well, I think uh, we both had a lot of losing week, so I think that means you keep the tee box. I'm we went over. I'm four and four now on the year, and you're one six and one. Yeah, I don't even really want to talk about it, to be honest. But yeah, <laughs> one one six and one. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty good. I another bet I liked last week and just never got there. So I don't know. I guess it sounds like a broken record, but. Seven and a half wasn't quite enough to cover that game, and a uh, pretty lucky touchdown there by the Saints to uh, get the the win by ten. So, uh, you know, wide open receiver there when they could have punted and and uh, had a chance to give it back to the Rams, but instead they got a you know bring bringing the pressure and got a wide open receiver and ran for a touchdown instead of taking a knee or something like that. So, anyway, yeah, um, let's see what do we got here. We got a full board. 
got some games I like. Um, there's not really any games I love necessarily, but uh, another some, some some games I like that's for sure. So I think what I'll do here. Oh boy. I think uh, I'll take. Uh, I mentioned I think I'll, I like that over there in that Tennessee New England game. I think the one thing that worries me is the weather if something comes in late, but I think it should be fine. So I'll take over forty six and a half for my pick of the week there in that uh, Titans Patriots game. All right. Well, I'm not gonna do exactly what you were poo pooing against, but I'm gonna do a variation of it. Um, I'm gonna start off and do a little uh, do a little two team teaser here. Take a couple seven-point home favorites and get them down to one. I'm going to start with uh, Philly on Sunday night against Dallas. Like I said, it's just pretty inconceivable. You know, you can play this back next week, but pretty inconceivable to me that Philly's going to lose on their home field in prime time against a significantly inferior team. Um, I'm going to start them, and then I'm going to close it off with your guy Don't McCown and the Jets oh. playing one at home. Jesus, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you got a shovel down there. Hopefully, there's not big holes, uh, holes in the in the floor. Well, I mean, I think unless Josh Allen comes back and is super effective, or McCown throws, pulls a Derek Anderson or a Fitzpatrick and throws four picks, I just I don't know. I don't see how the Jets lose this game. So, factor those both in. I think uh, I think they'll get there both pretty easily, and it's hard to imagine. I, you know, I don't want to knock on wood here. I don't want to jinx it, but I think those are both uh, pretty safe bets. So I'm gonna do a little two teamer. We don't have oh, victories. We don't win anymore. <laughs> oh, God. It's just... Um, but anyway, all right. Well, any concluding thoughts here for this week's pod? No. I'm... Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully we get the, you get that Jets home there for your pick of the week. And uh, I like the Philly one, but I think you kind of came up with a few other uh, few other better games to tease myself. But, you know, you want to get, down, you wanna get New England down to a pick them or Anyway, I'll stay out of it. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it gets there. Um, like I said, I'd see what happens. But yeah, as uh, as for the games, uh, there's I think there's quite a bit of value on this card. I think there's some some good games out there to bet on, and hopefully we can uh, take advantage of it. And games will go our way this week, so let's uh, let's get back on it and get back up on the horse. Yeah, absolutely, sounds good. As a as a Vikes fan, it's always disappointing when they're off for the week. But I think there's a handful of at least I don't know about great games, but at least intriguing games. So be able to lock in a lot and try to pick up a few things. And like I said, there's a handful of teams now. Their their seasons kind of could go either way. So I think these next couple of weeks will be really telling in terms of which teams that uh pretty much done for the year and which teams still are punching back. So should be a good weekend of football. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and even, so, ne- even next week, I think the Vikes and Bears got flexed to the Sunday night game again. Isn't that right? Yep. Yep, and then they play the Packers on Sunday night the week after, so it could be a good couple weeks stretch for NFC North primetime games for the Vikes three, fans here. Yeah, three of the three of the four weeks that they're playing in prime Sunday night game or what? Yeah, pretty crazy. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so good luck to you here this week, and good luck to all the listeners out there with your Week Ten bets, and we'll uh, be back next week talking Week Eleven. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.